breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Is it Friday yet? No, it's not. It's not. <sighs> I tried something stupid today. Tell me never to do this again. Okay, never do that again. I, I woke I up early is. around two thirty, two forty five, and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna get all my stuff done for the morning." <laughs> and then I kind of wrapped it, no, kind of no. in about an hour. I was wrapped, and I said, "Now I'm gonna go back to sleep." For about an hour, everything is done. I can sleep till four thirty, four forty-five, you know. And then, and I was kind of ready. I was going to just get up and brush my teeth, and I would be ready to go. When that alarm hit at like four thirty, I was like, "Oh no!" I had just fallen back into a deep sleep. <laughs> Thank God I set that extra alarm because otherwise I would have dumb idea, Mike. Don't one hour is just oh, it just wrecks no. your morning when you fall into a deep sleep for just one hour stupid it's very stupid i don't know how you get up at 2 30 anyway when well i, I didn't bed, plan on I'm, it I'm, I'm in bed yeah my problem is i went to bed last night i i'm still tired from the weekend yeah I, I, i'm I sore i was on a hot pad and yesterday a, yeah. i didn't leave my studio till six o'clock last night oh my gosh i had uh i had a couple errands i had to run yesterday and then i had i had water aerobics last night and um i just I have to drink so much fluid that I something Mother Nature wakes me up at two a.m. Well, okay, which I get is the that. Problem. Yeah, no, and, I get and that. And then if I and here's, but I don't stay up and do a post or here's the problem. <laughs> check here's the, the website. Will you please somebody bash me on the head over this? The moment you pick up the phone, and Johnette Magner would be the one to tell me, "Don't keep it by the bed." Right. The moment you pick up, if you go to the bathroom and you pick up your phone, well, you're checking your email. You're seeing if you missed any texts. Why are you picking up the phone at 2.30 in the morning? I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I'm deranged. Um, I'm you're, an, you're like the girl next door there. I'm an awful person. Why did I pick up my phone at 2 in the morning? And then I see something and I go, okay, that'd be good. Let me get that ready for in the morning. And so then I'm then I'm full bore. I pull the laptop out and I'm full bore on the computer now. You see that? No. And I, I turn like, my phone off. I plug it in and turn it off. Well, it's my alarm. Well, get an alarm clock. Who has those anymore? Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a radio and everything. I could not They're go to the store and buy an alarm clock. The little clerk checking me out would go. She wouldn't what do think you twice. Need this Are you for? serious? <laughs> An alarm clock. Those still exist? Well, of course. Uh, no, the phone wakes... I have like three alarms on the phone, and that last alarm at 4.30 is like the one that saved your day today. Because otherwise, if I had turned that last alarm uh, off to, I'd have slept right well, through you it. wouldn't have had news. You wouldn't have had... <laughs> there would have been... <laughs> been an empty morning because i would have i would have awakened when the sunlight came in the in the room i would have awakened and well, seen that's the sunlight hour. and gone <gasps> what is it i would have freaked out i would have really freaked out because it's I, dark i haven't done that 
in a long oh, time. Don't say that. Where, Not you know, this you week. Just, whoo, you know that moment when you roll over and you see daylight? And I hate when it happens to me on a Saturday or Sunday. When I roll over and I see daylight and then I think it's a weekday. And I go, <gasps> and then I realize, oh, no, it's Sunday. You're okay. You're good. You have those moments. But d- dumb, dumb idea of me to decide to take that one hour and just try to get a little snooze in because I fell into a deep one. Oh, I, I oh, was wiped man. out. Yeah. Still, you probably hear it in my voice. Wiped out. That's a long travel weekend. You yeah. you left on Thursday? Left. Well, we we drove to Dallas on Wednesday. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I, get, we, I got off here. And That's a fast turnaround. So. To do that whole airport thing. Yeah. Uh, the flight out was fine. The flight home was just ugh. It was the it was just rough in landing. Yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. rough. I mean, the plane felt like it was, you know, on a Louisiana highway. I went. That's a funny story because I went to um, Washington D.C. with a brother one year with my most macho brother. May he rest in peace. He's deceased now, but he was the redneck hunting, fishing. You know, yeah, <laughs> from this, South Louisiana boy. This boy, yeah, that boy. He he went everywhere with his guns. And we get on the plane to go, and I'd never flown with him. And we get on the plane to go to a funeral. And as we're taxiing out, he'd already gotten, somehow he'd gotten the um, stewardess to give him some little bottles of alcohol. So he was already starting. And I then need to do something like that. Is as we're taxiing out, he grabs my hand and he starts going, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Out loud. I'm looking was at Mr. A, Macho Brother. You know, was he it was a fear of flying? Scared or? to death. Oh, wow. He was he was shaking. He was squeezing my hand with one hand and shooting those little bottles with the other. <laughs> I had no clue. Mine's not a fear of flying. I actually enjoy it when mm-hmm. it's... Mine is I, motion sickness. Yeah. I mean, poor Micah, my daughter, was sitting next to me on the flight back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and normally Southwest, you, flying out there, we were all three of us were in separate sections. Oh, you sure, know? yeah. But um, <laughs> she looked over, and I'm just drenched with sweat. I mean, I'm wow, my shirt wow. was in, in wow. just this side of needing the little bag. Yeah. <laughs> I never needed the bag, but yeah, but yeah. I was just this side of it. Mm. Miserable. It's just yeah. miserable, and I and, and apparently it's you don't grow out of it. Oh, I guess you know, not. I yeah, because it's cause a, a little a little kid. I remember going. My grandparents used to take us out to uh, the country. We called it mm-hmm. between Minden and Homer. My cousins lived out there, or still do. And uh, I'd be in the back seat, and my aunt would be smoking. Oh, and they're in the back seat, and I'm sick as a dog. Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. You learn stuff about people in different situations. Yeah, well, it's not good. No. We got a big morning. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, I think every Mardi Gras crew member is going to be listening. Well, he's he has said, you know, he asked the mayor, I'll say, mm-hmm. not to move the dates yeah. on Mardi Gras. But uh, Tom Arsenault, you, he had, you had him on last week. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It I, I'm is. looking forward to hearing what he has to say. That's mm-hmm. coming up. Uh, Tim Fletcher with sports next. 1017 FM, 710keel.com. 
Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I don't know if you saw the story that I, <laughs> I I saw yesterday. I put on the website seven ten keel.com. Huge fight in uh Texas Stadium. That it's AT&T Stadium. Mm-hmm. What's the official name of yeah. it? Where them boys play. What happened? Cowboys and Jets fans got into it. Uh Uh-oh. And it turned into a bloody brawl. I mean, there was blood on the floor. There was blood Uh all over shirts. Wow. Yeah, they had to kind of pick some guys up. It was... uh, Yeah, it was kind of crazy. That's nuts. They're... Punching each other? I yeah, they there was uh more this was more aftermath. One of the jet they pulled the guy with a jet shirt, uh, and he pulled him off the floor and he was covered in blood. He was laughing. There was another another man, I won't say kid, even another guy in a uh, uh I think he had a Prescott jersey on. Oh my he gosh. Was kinda, he was kind of stumbling and reeling and does this really say someone chloroformed one another? Someone? The guy, <laughs> what? Somebody, I think he was trying to stem the bleeding, but he had like a handkerchief or a ne- and he was holding it over the ghost. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's hilarious. Look, that I'm sorry. That is so bad. I, I say hilarious. It's it's kind of funny, these, these yahoos. I don't understand how... I mean, I quit taking my kids to uh, pro games, to Saints games, after one game against San Francisco, and it just got so foul and hideous in the stands. I said, this is not the place for children. They do not oh, belong. that's a shame. It was sad. It was really sad. And so I, I think my one of my kids was with me that time, and he was 10 or so, and I thought, never happening again. And um, not with children. It just... People are cursing and screaming well, and beer yeah. is getting thrown on right. people. And I I thought, and now they're fisticuffs. Now it's coming to fights. Well, it, this was control. in the concourse area. Okay. So it wasn't like in the stands. Okay, good. Good to know it that. It was along one of the concourses. And there was, a, well, there's a million people around. Mm-hmm. And we went to uh, one of the last games that I've I've been able to attend uh, in the dome was uh, it was the Sunday night Cowboys Saints game, mm-hmm. and it was oh, oh yeah Drew Brees it, oh. was, it was it was it was several years ago yeah and uh, it was it was I mean Saints just drilled them it was right just, right. You know, and it was so funny because the hotel we were staying in, you know, there were Cowboys fans also. Mm-hmm. And it was good-natured ribbing. There was no yes. real, you know, I mean, right. no fisticuffs or, you know, you saw <laughs> it was just, hey, you guys going down tonight, you know, kind of thing. Oh, uh, when those two teams play, it's a tough week. That's a tough week, <laughs> especially in this town. Ugh. Now, my favorite experience in the Dome was uh, when I worked in the studio next door. Mm-hmm. KWKH, you know, mm-hmm. a hundred years ago, and one of our guys called and said uh, that played in a he played in a band that KW would hire at events. Okay, like like you know we would do stuff and have sure. live music, 
And he called me one morning and said, hey, we've got an extra ticket to the Saints game. I think it was Saints Chicago. You want to go? And I was like, yeah. Now, I didn't really know them, mm-hmm. but I didn't have to ride with them. Right, I right, took my right. my own car. Aaron, they brought me a an all-access pass Ooh. to the governor's suite. Nice. Buddy Romer, this is how long ago this Ooh, was, was wow. governor. I had an all-access pass to the entire dome. That's it nice. It was so much fun. That is nice. Met Archie Manning because I went to the press level. Mm-hmm. Met Ooh. Archie. Fun, 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 fun. It was it was a good time. The Superdome suites are awesome. No doubt about it. No doubt about yeah, it. Nice food, too, by the mm-hmm. way. Gumbalaya, yeah. fried catfish, <laughs> shrimp. Yeah, it was nice. Good stuff. Yeah. Billy Nungess here is joining us later this morning, going to be talking about Mardi Gras in the Arklatex. Mike and McCarty, 1017FM710Keel.com. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Well, I hope Ruben's having a wonderful week. Was he, is he up in, like, Arkansas? Is that what? I think he's taking a trip with the wifey, uh, just kind of relaxing in Arkansas, yeah. Some cabin. He showed us, like, an aerial photo. It's very secluded. Out in- <laughs> I don't even think there's bears there. Out in the middle, and I think there's nothing but bears might, out there. You might absolutely be right. <laughs> so I hope he's having a good time. Don't get eaten by a bear, Reuben. Gas tax or no gas tax? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that next? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, because that's kind of a... Uh-oh. I look, well, I don't, we'll find out. Yeah. Michael McCarty, 1017 FM, 710keel.com. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Now, it must have been the first gubernatorial debate mm-hmm. when they were asking about the, because I saw that one. Yeah. And they were asking about the gas tax. They, they gave him a yes or no answer. You know, yes that was or no. one of those yes or no's, mm-hmm. which which no, nobody could seem to do. Even Sean Wilson said no. But, I mean, they couldn't stick to a yes or no answer. Right. It was hard. But, and now in their defense, some of those questions weren't phrased where you could just say yes or no without sounding like, you mm-hmm. know, you hate puppies and rainbows exactly. if you answered yes. When or, did you stop beating your wife? Right. Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. Have you stopped beating your wife? Right, exactly. Uh, Yeah, no. What? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You You don't want to answer that one, Some of them weren't yes or no questions. Right. So, in their defense. Mm -hmm. But do you support a gas tax? Gas tax increase. Do you support a gas tax increase to fund our billions of backlog projects? And I think every one of them said no. Even Sean Wilson but I wake this morning to a story from the Louisiana Radio Network that says the Louisiana Association of Business and Industry have Lobby. typically for years been against taxes. They're for, on the business side of things. They don't want higher taxes. The new president, Jim Patterson, who took over from Stephen Waggis back when Wag stepped down to run for governor, says it might be time to take a look at an increased gas tax. He says it's been 30 years since we've increased our gas tax and the current 20 cent per gallon tax uh, is just not enough to take care of what we need in Louisiana. 
I would have, if you would have given me a list of groups that would push a gas tax and you mm-hmm. told me lobby was on the list, I would have bet you $1,000 you are wrong. Never in a million years would I say lobby is the group pushing a gas mm-hmm. tax. Well, they are. Now, Wagisback, he said no. He said absolutely no. Right. Yeah, he was, he was emphatic. In and, the debate. But now his group that he ran... Um, is now saying, yeah, maybe it is time. If we want to really do anything, Patterson is saying, if we want to really do anything about our infrastructure, we really need to think about that because the infrastructure crumbling impacts business. I mean, if people can't drive on their roads, if they can't get to and from in their neighborhoods, then they're going to look to move elsewhere. Businesses are going to drive through here and go, why would I bring a business here? You can't, you know, you get flat tires driving on the roads. But what about the tax money we've already been paying? That's the problem. Why? You're asking for more now. Mm-hmm, that's you the problem. You haven't taken care of what we've got. Yes. And now you want more money. Mm-hmm. And I had, no. a, I had a long conversation, a text conversation with a state representative last week because I have said over and over again that I've talked to a major road builder in our area who has said mm-hmm. um, he builds roads in Louisiana and Texas, and he has said the the requirements in Texas are much stricter. Which means they go above federal standards. You bet. And this lawmaker wanted to know, you know, who this was. Is it true? Because they want to get to the bottom of this. If Louisiana is not doing it right and we can do it better like Texas is doing, and then we need to do it. Now, this person didn't want to come a- become official and go on the record mm-hmm. because they still do business with both states. Right. And if you come out and say your state's requirements suck, you may never get another bid in this state again. So, um, But if your state's requirements are the federal minimal standards, then what does that say? That Yeah. Can we do better? I mean, somebody could say, well, they've lasted 60 years. But have they, though? Have they? Exactly. Have they? And we'll have to watch. I mean, we won't be around when they do this new Bozier deal and it's done in two and a half years. How long will that really last? How long? Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean we won't be around? Where are we going? 60. We're not going to be here in 60 years. Oh, okay. Oh, (laughs) I was like, two and a half years? Do you know something I don't know? Let's, Let's wait for 10 years and see how is it holding up in 10 years. Yeah. You know, let's see how, how well it does. Because if they're putting it down now and they won't do it again for 60 years, are you doing it good enough so it'll last? Or are no. you doing the basic minimum again? And I... Well, but, and, and the, you know, the whole bid process. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at it and go, well, you know, we, we got the lowest bid. This is what you got. Yes. And somebody else goes, well, I can do it for this. I can do, you know, X mm-hmm. amount. But... But raise your specs. That's you know, what it, yeah, so they all exactly. have to meet the higher specs, and they all have to say, "Yeah, Let's, I'm going to go a nine inch depth or whatever." And instead of a six inch depth, and uh, who's then, doing it better? What are they doing? Right. Let's model it after that. Exactly, and then put that out for for the you know the bids. But then, Mikey, then it costs more money. Well, and you got to raise a gas tax to get more money. Well. <laughs> But maybe the roads last longer. Or, you don't or have maybe to replace we them. use the money that we have more efficiently. Wiser. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Just a thought. <sighs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's. it's oh. it, and we haven't even discussed city council 
and the bond proposal. And no, don't get me started. Please don't it, get well, me started. It wouldn't, it, I kind of want to, yeah, we mm. need to <laughs> talk about that. Oh. Micah McCarty, 1017FM710Keel.com. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. By the way, did you see any of the game last night? I did not. I have I, I have saved either. it I, I, to watch. We won, so we're 2-0. 2-0? Oh. Oh. For the first time in... Like 10 years. Yeah, it's been a minute. That's kind of exciting. Did not expect it. I'll be honest with you. I was not. Ex- I didn't well, have I don't high know. expectations. I don't know. I, I honestly, I haven't kept up with the NFL like I used to. Mm-mm. I mean, if there was a game on, I wanted to turn it on. I, I watch now it's it on just that. The Saints, pretty there's, much. There's a new feature on some on my program on my TV where you can watch the highlights of the games, and you just hit the button and it goes from the one highlight play to the How next. Do it no. It, they they code it, I guess. They code it, and then they send that out. Now, some networks don't code it, but uh, they're starting to do that where you can code. And it'll it'll be like from interception to 32-yard run. I mean, they do the big plays. Mm-hmm. And so you can watch the game in like eight minutes. <laughs> and that is so sad. To me, okay. that's so sad because I'm doing it. I'm like, I can watch a whole game in eight minutes. Here's what an idiot I am. Mm-hmm. Come across a game, okay? On on I don't know NFL Network or, mm-hmm. or or and I'm going oh my oh wow okay and I'm watching the game and then it jumps from one play the tackle and then they're on the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and I went wait wait what it must have been a glitch in the feed yeah okay yeah oh no it was last week's game <laughs> watching the replay oh, that's funny that's <laughs> like, funny. Oh, you idiot. Oh, gosh. Then I look it up and go, oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. All, it's this over, is, this, yeah. This, this, this is an old game. Oh, I, I don't watch moron. football in real time anymore. I haven't in 10 years. I always watch it behind. So well, see, I, I can't got, look at my phone because I don't want anybody to tell me. I text. I can't and do I, it. And I told you I went to bed at eight, you know, like 8.20 last night. Mm-hmm. I was so tired. Right. And so I didn't, I didn't. And then I turned on my phone this morning because I, I, I turned my phone off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I shouldn't because we don't have a landline, and my mom is right around the corner. And I, I know I shouldn't, but it's just gotten in the habit. And um, so when I turned it back on, I had like fifteen text messages from from my from my game, you know, my buddies. Yeah, and they're so all chatting. About I know it. what happened, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't see it. Oh yeah, the it, the Saints apparently are looking pretty good. Well, they pulled it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know that the offense was on fire. On right, fire. right. They got a lot of work to do, but to start two and zero. But they're two and zero is a good thing. They say uh, you know a W is a W. Absolutely, no doubt about it. it doesn't matter if it's pretty or not. Mm-hmm. A win's a win, like you say. And then the Cowboys are two and zero as well. So yeah, both of our teams are doing great to start the season. It's a good. It's a good start to it. Who do we have LSU? Who do we have this weekend? Arkansas. Arkansas. I think it's Arkansas. And it's, yeah. it's at home, isn't it? I believe it is at home, yes. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Sheriff Jason Richardson from DeSoto Parish joining us at 7-11 or so, something like that, just after 7 o'clock. Um, some deputies overcome by oh. what they believe is fentanyl in the evidence room. 
What the heck? Yes. They they weren't going, what's this? No, 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 no. They were just working and the drugs. Yeah, they're no. Leave the sheriff alone. (laughs) They've they've got rubber gloves, though. That's what you you, You you got to use them, guys. Mm -hmm. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning. Uh, DeSoto Parish Sheriff Jason Richardson joining us. Uh, Sheriff, first of all, good morning. Thanks for taking time to talk with us. Oh, hold on. Let me take. You gotta push the button. There we go. Got it. Sheriff, you there? I am. Okay. Thank you. Sorry about that. Good morning. Tell us what happened at the uh, the evidence room. I believe it was at the detention center in the evidence room where you had three deputies apparently overcome by something. What What do you know today? Uh, so basically the, what happened was we had an evidence technician that was working in the evidence room. Um, another employee happened to walk by and looked in and recognized that, uh, that he didn't appear to look right and uh, and he ended up telling him, I need some help. And uh, so he yelled down the hall to get some more assistance down. Uh, they went in and uh, got him out of there. In the meantime, he had actually administered Narcan to himself. Uh, and so that was obviously an indication uh, to the others that he had uh, come in contact with some substance. And so uh, they removed him from there, uh, ended up administering uh, some more Narcan because of uh, his condition uh, continued to kind of deteriorate in the moment and uh, called the ambulance. And so ultimately the ambulance showed up very quickly and, uh, and transported him uh, a short time later. We started having two of the employees that had entered that room started showing signs of, uh, of some sort of exposure as well. Showing Both signs. What kind of signs? The Explain the signs they were showing. Uh, specifically two of the employees had very low, um, blood pressure uh one of them 60 over 30 i believe uh and uh you know began to basically become somewhat unresponsive uh and and was it was it inhaled two of those were they in contact we we don't know that as of we don't know that as of right now um we did enter the room the problem in the that we ran into yesterday is that the evidence technician was preparing items to be moved for destruction and so there were multiple boxes uh, that were open in the room. Uh, we did uh, test the air quality and make sure that it wasn't airborne. So at this moment, we think that it was some sort of physical contact uh, with something that ended up on him and then ultimately transferred when they moved him out of the room. He's not been able to talk uh, because he was actually intubated uh, throughout uh, yesterday. And so a lot of the information that we need to be able to clear that up of what exactly it was and what exactly he was handling, uh, we'll, we'll likely get that information today. Do, they, just, wear, you, do you they, su- they wear rubber gloves when they handle evidence? Generally, yes, sir. Yeah. You suspect it was fentanyl. Can you explain why? Uh, the reactions, um, as well as the uh, reaction to the Narcan, had it not been fentanyl or some derivative thereof, the Narcan would have had no effect. And so uh, that that leads us to believe it was a version of fentanyl. There's obviously multiple versions. There's carfentanyl, acetafentanyl. There's you know several different types that are out.
out there. And so uh, it's, it's very possibly possible that it was, um, you know, one of those derivatives. Sheriff Jason Richardson from DeSoto, if the other employee had not spotted the technician in trouble, this could have been real tragic. I mean, it sounds like he was in serious distress, right? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, certainly crossed my mind yesterday. Had that, had one, had he not had the door propped in a way that the other employee could have seen in, uh, and then secondly, had he not, um, you know, saw him, and then had he not been of, uh, you know, the mindset to administer Narcan to himself immediately, uh, that could have been a whole different uh, outcome. And y'all have Narcan readily available? Of- we do. Yeah, we have it in, in every patrol vehicle. We have, have it in, you know, all our narcotics guys have it. We have it, obviously, in the evidence room in the event that this were to happen, that there's an exposure. So we have we have it uh, available just about everywhere. And so uh, this certainly made, made that, um, you know, uh, made it known that, that that was a good thing that we had that prepared in advance. Sheriff Jason Richardson, do, uh, do we still have a deputy in the hospital now? We do. Uh, he was in ICU throughout the night. Um, they were. He had been sedated, obviously, because of the innovation. And uh, so last night, uh, during the night, they were actually able to remove the tube. And so he's he's improving. Um, and, and hopefully today we'll we'll you know move out of the sedation that he's been in, and uh, we'll be able to talk to him and and you know get a get a better a view of what, what actually took place yesterday. So what's next? I mean, obviously, they're going to have to gear up in full hazmat gear and go in there and try to find out what's caused this. Right. And so we obviously have people on our staff that can uh, do that. And once we're able to narrow down exactly what he was handling, uh, then we'll go in, remove that, um, sanitize and test area to make sure that it's it's clear and um and dispose of it will you be changing policies on how folks handle some of the stuff in the evidence room uh i mean certainly once we figure out what uh what actually happened i mean there's certain instances where had it um you know short of being in complete hazmat year at all times handling that type of uh product or or and maybe not knowingly handling that type of product uh if it was something that that went uh airborne you know from some sort of like puff of a bag or something like that uh, i mean that could have gotten into his eyes into his mouth that mm. i mean you would not have uh, that's that's not the normal procedure but certainly i think once we gather all the information if there's something that needs to be changed there uh we will certainly do that you just can't take anything for granted mm-hmm. anymore i know the the biggest fear was being stuck by a needle uh when you were sure. like searching a suspect or something now you can't tell no, it's it's uh, it's definitely a, a reality check of how fast that can happen, and and then how fast the reactions are. You know, once you're exposed uh, to that that type of substance, just what um, you know, how 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 very um, quickly things can can turn around, and and you not even have the ability to uh, to go get help or say that I need help. Uh, you know, that that's uh, I mean, that's just. Uh, just a gut check for sure. What can you tell us about this deputy that that's still in the hospital? How long he's been with the force and uh, family and all that sort of thing? He's lifelong law enforcement, former military. Uh, he is uh, he's actually a uh, federal assigned to a federal task force. Uh, he is he's married. 
uh, and, uh, and his, uh, you know, his background is in special operations as well as narcotics and things of that nature. And so, you know, he, this is his niche. This is what he, uh, he mm-hmm. does and has done for, for many, many years. And, uh, just a, just a quality guy that, that generally goes over the top, you know, in anything that he does and, um, no different in, in, you know, the way that he does our evidence and, and the, the seriousness with what he takes that job. And, uh, so, you know, just, just so fortunate that, uh, it appears that he's going to recover completely and, and that everything's okay. And, as well as again, his quick thinking of I've been exposed. I need to uh, to treat myself the best I can mm-hmm. immediately, and I do think that certainly could have been the difference in the outcomes yesterday. Well, let us know when you find out what the what the contaminant was. Sure, we'll do. Sheriff Jason Richardson, DeSoto Parish Sheriff's Department. Thank you for your time this morning, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, my. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty. I'm I'm gonna need Sam's uh, Ruben, by the way. Yeah, Ruben is on vacay this week, so he's having a good time. I'm hoping he's enjoying his time with the wife. Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with a little bit of, just a little bit of a back pull today, and, but I'm going to tell you a story. Is it those triple gainers you're doing off the diving board at the Y? No, it was the triple gainer I did off the dunk tank board. Oh, <laughs> oh that's true. That's Coming right. Coming up and down out of that thing. I saw so. the video, by the way. Yeah. You trash talking the police chief of Shreveport. I called him frog legs in public. <laughs> Come on, frog legs. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. So, yeah, he got it. He definitely got it. Now, Wade from Love Shreveport, he's holding he's holding his camera, and he takes one ball, ding, ding, down in the drink I go. So, but but you know, my story is not is not like this next story. We have someone we work with, who if you if you think you've done something stupid, this oh, is the I know best. I have. This is the best. He's opening a container of Philadelphia cream cheese. I'm not going to name him because it was embarrassing. And some it's not of, me, by the way. It's not you. And some of that liquid on the top, you know, that, that right. filled, uh, spilled on the floor. Well, he thought he cleaned it all up. No, it didn't clean it all up. He slips on it in his kitchen, goes booty over tea kettle, and we think we tore a hamstring. <sighs> He's got his leg all wrapped up. Couldn't get his pants on yesterday because his leg. So if you ever Aaron, do something stupid. He's our age. He is. He's, he's like exactly our age. If you That was the one thing Judge Judy said. She said there are three words to live a long life. There, three words. Don't fall down. Oh. Because yeah, when well, you get yeah. older and you fall down, you Bad break a happen. hip. You tear a hamstring, you throw your back out, don't fall down. So now, I've heard sometimes, though, like really old people, mm-hmm. you know, they go, oh, they fell and broke a hip. Yep. I hear it's the other way around. Their hip broke and they fell. Ah, 
that could be it too. Yeah. That could be now, it that, too. Not in every instance, but mm-hmm. I've heard that's more more than not. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, in about 10 minutes, I want to roll the clock back about six years to yes. the gas tax fight. God love him. And I'm, you know, I'm, it's not a campaign message, but it's one state lawmaker who I wish more of them were preaching like this today because he was preaching it then. And I need to hear more of them preaching it today. And when I hear lobby folks talking about raising the gas tax, I think, really? Do we really? Yeah, you want to hear. You want to hear this section. This is amazing. Amazing. It's coming up. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, and on the free Keel. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. By the way, apparently it's National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Is that no? We're not going to do that. (laughs) Stop it! Stop it! I didn't win the Powerball last night, so it's six hundred seventy-two million for Wednesday. I'm going to ask you an unusual question. So you didn't win, so nobody won. Nobody won it. Okay. I'm going to ask you questions because I was talking to my girl girlfriends last night about this. If you were to win the Powerball, okay. What percentage of people that you have their number in your phone today would be put in your new phone? Oh, I am probably most. Well, I don't know. I'd have have to you lost your damn mind? Yeah. Do you know how many people are in my phone? Well, you're, I'd love to have your contact list. I, my, my, it would be about 5% of the people in my phone would go to my new phone. I'd be telling that Verizon guy or whatever, nope, scratch that one. Scratch that one. Scratch that one. Here's about 50 numbers I want in my phone. The rest of them, bye-bye. Loved y'all once. Don't love you no more. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. Because I, I, I just pulled out my... I've got a guy that used to work here. Yeah, no, Who's no. been gone for, no. you know, a year. No, he's gone. Yeah, he's oh, not in your phone, new absolutely. phone. Absolutely. No, he's not. Absolutely. He's not in the new phone. Uh, we got a busy next hour and a half. It's not Robert, by the way. <laughs> it's not Robert. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor's joining us after 8 o'clock. We're going to talk Mardi Gras with him. But coming up next, the gas tax and who wants an increase and why. And we'll revisit some comments from a lawmaker from about six years ago that might feel exactly like you feel today. Yes. Uh, it's Preach an it. interesting comments. And then, uh, yeah, he's preaching big time. That's next. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, and on the free Keel. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. So in the first gubernatorial debate, they asked all five candidates who were present, would you support an increase in the gas tax? All five candidates said no. Including Sean Wilson. Including Sean Wilson. Who has told us before over and over again, we need to increase the gas tax. And you called him on that when when we had him on mm-hmm. the following week. Right. And he, you know, he's saying that things have changed and they can manage with what they have now and they're going to manage. But... Um, I I hearken back. I remembered an interview or some comments made by a state representative 
uh, several years ago when they were talking about increasing the gas tax at the time and we were railing against it. But we he- we're hearing today now that the Louisiana Association of Business and Industry is calling for an increased gas tax. It's a new president. Yes. Not Stephen Wagesback. He, re- he, he had to resign to mm-hmm. run for governor. Wag says no to the gas tax, right. but his replacement says yes. So my concern is you've now got a business lobby group pushing for a gas tax. We don't ever have that happen. That doesn't happen. So I go back to 2017, and this is not a campaign message for, for, for this gentleman, but I remember these remarks, and they were spot on then. And I think they're spot on today. I hope he feels the same way today. I hope he does. And listen to the numbers. Listen to what this message was from Alan Seaball back in 2017 with regarding a gas tax. Now, if we want to spend money on roads, everybody knows we need it. But what we have is a DOTD with 4,700 employees. You want money for roads? Fire about 3,000 of them. That'll, That'll free up a couple of hundred million dollars. And you know what? I don't think they would notice because I guarantee you 1,700 employees could do the job the 4,700 are doing. They might not be as good at computer games, but they could do the job. So we have the money. We have the money in the budget. We're just not allocating it the right way. But don't come up here and tell me that I'm turning my back on the people who elected me for voting against this bill because I'm going to oppose it at three cents. I'm going to oppose it every time. I'm going to oppose it if a Republican governor asks me to, to, to support it. I'm a no. My constituents don't want it. The people of Louisiana don't want it. So don't come lecture me about supporting my constituents and the people who sent me here. This was a bad bill, and I'm a very loud hell no. So that was 2017. Yeah. Alan Seaball saying, uh, I don't think he's for a gas tax increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, that DOTD workers are playing video games on their computers. We could fire 3,000 of them. And and probably not miss them, yes. is what he said. So I sent a text to a couple of people this morning to find out, do we still have that many DOTD workers? Do we still have 4,700? Here's the exact number I just got back. We have 4,319 authorized that are in the budget. So we have cut 400 workers. But only 3,900 are filled. So we have 400 positions that are not filled, but we're, but are still in the budget. So we have but trimmed the staff. those 400 positions. So that's money we could so use for roads. Yeah. And their average salary I saw was close to 70 grand. Close to $70,000, the average salary. So what is, what is a, a typical employee at the DOTD? I mean, are they the guys with shovels? Are they office workers? They do some, they... Of, some of everything. There's, there's a different, different positions. They have a lot of the shovel guys. They have the guys that ride around in the trucks. They have people that work in the offices. Each region of the state has a DOTD headquarters, mm-hmm. and you've got people that work in those. Um, but I remember back in the time when Seaboss said that, he got a lot of heat for saying, you know, we could fire 3,000 DOTD workers. Is he f- far off base? We have 3,900 doing the job now. That We had 4,700 back when he was preaching. There's a lot of fat needs to be trimmed. And I just can't see a gas tax increase right now. I just, and to see lobbies stepping out saying a gas tax increase is the answer for a business group to say that? 
Yow. Lieutenant Yikes. Governor Billy Nungess are going to be joining us coming up after the local news top of the hour. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Uno, dos, tres. What? <laughs> what? Have we changed the format? I don't know. It's <laughs> 1017. I can't do that I in know. Spanish. I, I, that have to not call, happen. I'd have yeah. to call Chica over and yeah, ask she'd, her. She'd have to help us with that. <laughs> but, uh, but then it begs the question, why? Yeah. <laughs> I got some sad news yesterday, and and Shreveport got some sad news. Um, On the food front, um, Antonio's, they're on Line Avenue. They've posted something about that. Posted on Facebook that they are closing at the end of this month. So September 30th will be their last day. we sincerely appreciate your support and are immensely grateful for all of our customers who've been with us throughout this journey. Thank you. Um, it's there in the um, Line Avenue. What is that shopping center called where the Brookshire's, the Gucci Brookshire's is? It's right there on the end. Um, I know I know where it is. Mm-hmm. I can get you there, but I can't tell you the name of it. Uh, Wine Country used to be in there. It, Jason's uh, Deli. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, really good Italian food. I mean, it really is. If you want a good Italian meal, go before they shut down. People are just really upset that they've closed. Their, they're closing their doors. It's just always sad when some place you really liked, and we would go. There's there's a group of folks that go every now and then to um, on Tuesday lunch. There's a lunch bunch that goes. Some media folks and some watchdog people, and they were going to Antonio's. Uh, every now and then for a while and I used to like popping in there when they were there because that was really good food I hadn't been in a while and I think that may be part of the problem with the business is that for me it wasn't on my regular rotation you know if you have your restaurants you have 10 or 15 of them that are kind of on your regular rotation if it's not on your regular rotation then you don't go as often as you you want wanted to and then when they're closing their doors you're like man I should have gone there more often that's kind of how I feel because, I mean, their lasagna was so good. Their veal parmesan was just delightful. Um, somebody put up on the Facebook page, they're the best tiramisu I've ever had. And now I'm sad because I've never tried it. <laughs> if it's the best you've ever had and I've never tried it, I'm going to have to make a, a stop in there and try that. Always had good service. I, I was only there once. In fact, it was the time we had that lunch. Yes. That lunch, that lunch and, bunch. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you have. Yes. And they, they used to go there. They don't anymore. But they'd only well, been that's open. Why, that's what happened. Right. They switched that restaurants. Didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they opened in December of 2021 um, featuring authentic Italian cuisine. Um, and wine Country had closed back in June of 2019. So any news, nothing news on what's coming in or we don't know? Nothing new yet. It's a big spot. I mean, that's a oh, big huge. operation. It's a big, big restaurant. I'm sure it's it's expensive it, to run it. Now, this may blow your mind. Do you know who owned it? No. The same people that owned uh, Casa Himador across the street. Really? Yes. I did not know that. I did not know that. Well, I'm going to miss them. I got to get by there soon. Billy Nungesser joining us next. Mikey McCarty, 1017 FM, 710.
101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, Lieutenant Governor, the man with the best job in the world, Billy Nungesser, joining us. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing very well. The question is, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm on my way to Natchitoches to unveil a civil rights marker and on the Shreveport. So uh, I'll be uh, up your way today. Now, a lot of people have the question when you're in Shreveport, are you planning on meeting with Mayor Arsenault? Well, I actually, I'll be back up next week and I have a meeting scheduled with him that I had scheduled some time ago um, to see how I could assist uh, with the issues with the police for Mardi Gras. Um, And, you know, I was asked by the crew and tourism folks I've been talking to for many months, um, even offering some of our park rangers and uh, to fill that gap to so that Mardi Gras could stay uh, as scheduled. And um, and so uh, uh, we do have a meeting scheduled. I believe it's next week when I'm up. What are, are you going to be able to offer the 30 extra security personnel that he says he needs to keep well, Centaur on its original date? Yeah, listen, all I ever wanted to do was assist. The, look, we don't give the Mardi Gras crews enough credit or the fairs and festival people that work year-round at no cost to, to the state of the city to put on these great events that we get to use to lure tourists from all over the world to bring money to our communities. And so we... Your uh, phone, your you, phone's acting crazy. Yeah, I think you hit a dead area. Yeah, you hit a dead area. Can you hear me now? Yes, that's good. So, so, so they they work year round to, uh, to put on these incredible events, and doesn't cost the taxpayers anything. They bring money into the community, so we should do everything we possibly can to assist them to put on the best event they can. And all I did was state when I heard they were changing dates that we had just got back from promoting that direct flight into Dallas, how people from Australia and New Zealand could enjoy Mardi Gras in Shreveport, Bossier with a short drive. And so giving them the schedules and those travel agents going to work on people making that trip, I thought it was not a good idea to try to change those dates and that we should do everything physically possible to keep those dates. And and the suggestion of calling the governor and asking him to commit state police or or National Guard or other sheriff's departments, uh, I'm willing to assist anyone I can to make that happen. Do you have commitments, but, though, for those 30 additional officers that the mayor well, says he's got to have to keep the date the same? Well, I hope to assist him in doing that. He needs to make that request. It's not, It's not. you know, I don't like to say, look, I've taken every aspect I know to make recommendations to the crew, to the tourism folks up there, and I'll make the same offer to the mayor if he'd like to assist me in doing that. But he has to want to do it and, and make the request, and then I will assist him any way I can. I don't want to ram nothing down his throat or make him do anything that he doesn't want to do. All I wanted to do is bring attention to it will cause some issues if people have booked trips to Shreveport and find out that incredible parade has been moved. So that's, that's the issue for me. Is, is to not have gone to sell something that is not going to happen to the people tra- traveling 
to three or four bows of Mardi Gras. His concern that the parade should end by 7 p.m., start by 2.30 and end by 7 p.m., doesn't want them in, at darkness. We have a lot of parades in Louisiana that roll at nighttime. Um, do you see that as, uh, as something that the crews could deal with right now and maybe renegotiate later in the future? Well, I, I would I would ask the crews what is best for them. Um, they know what attracts the crowds. A lot of people love the night parades. But there again, you know, I always go to the people that are doing the hard work and then try to make it work what's best for them. Those members put up their own money. Those crews work year-round, and we should do everything we can do physically possible to accommodate them within safety reasons. That's why if it's the National Guard or State Police, look, they've done it for New Orleans. So I think uh, an ask from the, the state uh, or the, the crew and the mayor, and I would surely assist in that request uh, to make sure we can safely have Mardi Gras as scheduled. You say we're talking with the Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. You say you've got a meeting scheduled with the mayor coming up here in the next week or so. Uh, yeah, I but- think when I'm back up there next week. Today I'm on a short fuse to speak, and i got to get back to Baton Rouge for an event tonight. So I'm on a fast trip today but have you been in contact with the 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 crews of centaur and gemini and what's your message to the crews well i've talked to them and i i support and and the tourism folks uh i support whatever conclusion they come to and i hope i can help the mayor get whatever he needs out of baton rouge or other law enforcement to make this work and but but there again i don't want to tell go and say, I'm going to go get 20 police officers if that's not within the mayor's plan and we can't help him achieve what the crews want. I'm just here to offer my assistance in any way I can, but it's got to be driven by the city who ultimately will make that decision. Um, but but there again, I, I, I can't thank the crews enough for the work they do all over Louisiana year-round to put on these incredible parades other than the law enforcement and, and, you know, other than that cost, the return on investment for Mardi Gras is huge to every part of this state. And it gets more people excited about coming to Louisiana than that and the fairs and festivals drive so many people here. They meet a friend for life and they keep coming back for more. So this is something we got to make sure we do everything physically possible that we can accommodate these parades and listen to what works best for them and try to make it work. Billy, let me read you the the mayor's uh, part of what he sent to the crews, because this sounds like I, the city's not going to get the security. It's up to somebody else, meaning you probably, or, or somebody. The, this is from the mayor, and I'm quoting, the crew of Centaur Parade will not be held on February 3rd unless the crew can confirm they have or someone else has retained an additional 60 security personnel. So they're looking for 60. Um, and it's like the crew has to go out and find these people or Billy Nungesser. I, I put your name in there for someone else. So it's like he's giving you permission to go find the 60 officers they need. Um, as you sit here today and talk to us, are you confident you can do that or no? Um, I don't know. You know, uh, I, I'm the governor last week was out of town. Um, if, if the 
in my conversation with the tourism folks and if they want me to reach out to the governor, I surely will. Um, and but we also going to have to reach out to who may be the next governor because, you know, this is after the first of the year. So it's a little bit of a trick bag there. We get a commitment from this governor or the new governor commit to that. Also other sheriff's departments, lending offices, but, but, I, you know, to do that without the support of the mayor, um, I, we need to have that conversation. So I'll, I'll reach out to the crews and, and to Stacy, the head of tourism, because it's their, it's their city. And I just want to assist, but if I'll do whatever I can do to help fix the problem, if it's fixable. Billy Nungesser, can you hold with us through the break? We've got to take a real quick sure. break. Thank you, sir. On the on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser, uh, Mike and McCarty, we'll be back after the break. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser on his way to Natchitoches this morning, then on your way into Shreveport later on this this afternoon today, right? Speaking in the committee of 100, I know they unveiled the um, option A I want to discuss with them uh, uh, to that, that project. Your phone is Finally. jacking up again. Can you hear me now? There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. you, Sorry. How to make a commercial with that. Uh, Billy, <laughs> let me let me ask you this. The, the mayor on our show last week said he called you. He has not heard peep from you since all this happened. Is that accurate? Well, I did get an email from him, I believe, yesterday. My office said that said he found my email in a in a spam file. So he did find it. Um, I did send him an email when I learned of this problem. I believe it was August 11th, uh, explaining my concerns about changing the dates uh, after just promoting uh, Mardi Gras in Australia and New Zealand uh, for all of North Louisiana to get people to plan a trip there. Um, so he did acknowledge that he found it in his spam uh, email. I think yesterday he sent an email to me. Okay. So what was his response to you asking not to change the dates? Well, he really didn't respond to that. Uh, he just responded that he got my email and he'd be glad to discuss the situation uh, with me. And um, so that, you know, that's where it stands. So If, if he is uh, saying to folks that, uh, and I don't know this to be true, but if he is saying to folks that he does not know if the Mardi Gras uh, squeeze is worth the juice, you know, I'm, miss, I'm mixing my... But, but if, if we're expending way more money than we're really getting out of it, do you believe that or do you think we get way more from um, the Mardi Gras impact than uh, government folks might realize? Way more. And, and look, the economic benefit, it's, it's documented by region, by state, uh, the people that come and spend money for Mardi Gras. And it's also the publicity we get. Look, I had people come write me that came from Japan and wrote about them throwing hot dogs in Shreveport Mardi Gras. Um, so the, the long reaching um, uh, of Mardi Gras that's talked about around the world 
about Mardi Gras in Louisiana, it, it's, it has a ripple effect. So without hosting those parades and those celebrations, and then the money they spend in the community on beads, on events year-round, and it's just a great part of our, our local economy, and, and they do great civic work, too. So it, it's, it's, it's something that we should support and embrace. I mean, these crews do great work. They do a lot of charity work, and, and it's a great, it's a great uh, community event. So uh, the economic benefit, I think the, number, the proof is in the pudding, far outweighs the cost to the cities. And that's why we try to promote it around the world. Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser, what are your thoughts on, I mean, this wouldn't be ideal, but the crews combining and making one parade on February 10th, which is already set, with uh, combining Centaur and Gemini? I'd have to punt that to them. Crews, and what does it do to the crowds? What does it do to the plan? Um, Like I said, I'm here to support the crews, the mayor, and the tourism folks from Shreveport, Bossier, and whatever decisions are best. But I just wanted to point out that changing dates of parades this late in the game, when people are making plans, um, could have some negative impact on people that travel, especially from abroad, um, to, to Mardi Gras. So uh, I'm here to support any effort I can to make it the best Mardi Gras it can be, not tell the mayor or the crews what they should or shouldn't do. But I just wanted to point out that there could be some problems with people already making plans if we change these dates. The mayor also had concerns that this is a five-mile-long route and it's one of the longest in the state. But I was sent some information yesterday that several of the New Orleans parades are, are well over five miles. Ours is not unusually long, is it, to your knowledge? Uh, I don't think so. And look, the, the, the length of it sometimes it is a good thing because, you know, you spread the crowds out. You don't get them bunched up in one area, which in a lot of cases has created problems, especially in the New Orleans area, where you had so many people bunched into a smaller route. So I'm sure there's pros and cons of both from law enforcement and from crowd control. But there again, I I look to the local law enforcement and crew people that have done this, planned this year after year to, to make those decisions. For me to say one's good or bad without having the, the knowledge they have, would not be appropriate for me to comment what's the best thing for three or four Bozier. Billy, uh, one quick question in the last 30 seconds here. Um, is like off-duty MPs from Barksdale or Barksdale personnel, would that be a possibility? Well, that would be have something that the mayor is going to have to accept what, what is appropriate to use for, you know, that's why when we offered some of our park ranges, would they accept that? I don't know that yet. And those are all discussions. You know, I wanted to work through the tourism folks and the crews because they know best what they need to do. And um, and then I'll meet with the mayor and, and offer any assistance I can. Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser, grab one of those meat pies while you're in Natchitoches. And thanks for your time. Have a great day, my friend. Hey, grab, you bet. Grab two of them if you would. <laughs> you <laughs> Mike, got it. Micah McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. 
back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Sheriff Jason Richardson uh, talked with us earlier this morning. Several of his deputies got pretty ill, one still in the hospital. They think it might be fentanyl. We'll hear from him right after the break. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning. Uh, DeSoto Parish Sheriff Jason Richardson joining us. Uh, Sheriff, first of all, good morning. Thanks for taking time to talk with us. Oh, hold on. Let me see. You got to push the button. There we go. Got it. Sheriff, you there? I am. Okay. Thank you. Sorry about that. Good morning. Tell us what happened at the uh, the evidence room. I believe it was at the detention center in the evidence room where you had three deputies apparently overcome by something. What What do you know today? Uh, so basically the, what happened was we had an evidence technician that was working in the evidence room. Um, another employee happened to walk by and looked in and recognized that uh, that he didn't appear to look right. And, uh, and he ended up telling him, I need some help. And uh, so he yelled down the hall to get some more assistance down. Uh, they went in and uh, got him out of there. In the meantime, he had actually administered Narcan to himself. Uh, and so that was obviously an indication uh, to the others that he had uh, come in contact with some substance. And so uh, they removed him from there, uh, ended up administering uh, some more Narcan because of uh, – his condition uh, continued to kind of deteriorate in the moment and uh, called the ambulance. And so ultimately the ambulance showed up very quickly and, uh, and transported him. Uh, a short time later, we started having two of the employees that had entered that room started showing signs of, uh, of some sort of exposure as well. Showing Both signs. What kind of signs? The Explain the signs they were showing. Uh, specifically two of the employees had very low, um, blood pressure uh one of them 60 over 30 i believe uh and uh you know began to basically become somewhat unresponsive uh and and was it was it inhaling two of those were they in contact we we don't know that as of we don't know that as of right now um we did enter the room the problem in the that we ran into yesterday is that the evidence technician was preparing items to be moved for destruction and so there were multiple boxes uh, that were open in the room. Uh, we did uh, test the air quality and make sure that it wasn't airborne. So at this moment, we think that it was some sort of physical contact uh, with something that ended up on him and then ultimately transferred when they moved him out of the room. He's not been able to talk uh, because he was actually intubated uh, throughout uh, yesterday. And so a lot of the information that we need to be able to clear that up of what exactly it was and what exactly he was handling, uh, we'll, we'll likely get that information today. Do, do, they, just, wear, you, do you they wear rubber gloves when they handle evidence? Generally, yes, sir. Yeah. You suspect it was fentanyl. Can you explain why? Uh, the reactions, um, as well as the uh, reaction to the Narcan, had it not been fentanyl or some derivative thereof, the Narcan would have had no effect. 
And so uh, that, that leads us to believe it was a version of fentanyl. There's obviously multiple versions. There's carfentanil, acetafentanil. There's you know several different types that are out there. And so uh, it, it's it's very possibly possible that it was um, you know one of those derivatives. Sheriff Jason Richardson from DeSoto, if the other employee had not spotted the technician in trouble, this could have been real tragic. I mean, it sounds like he was in serious distress, right? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, certainly crossed my mind yesterday. Had that, had one, had he not had the door propped in a way that the other employee could have seen in, uh, and then secondly, had he not, um, you know, saw him, and then had he not been of, uh, you know, the mindset to administer Narcan to himself immediately, uh, that could have been a whole different uh, outcome. And y'all have Narcan readily available? Uh, we do. Yeah, we have it in, in every patrol vehicle. We have, have it in, you know, all our narcotics guys have it. We have it, obviously, in the evidence room in, in the event that this were to happen, that there's an exposure. So we have, we have it uh, available just about everywhere. And so uh, this certainly made made that, um, you know, uh, made it known that, that that was a good thing that we had that prepared in advance. Sheriff Jason Richardson, do, uh, do we still have a deputy in the hospital now? We do. Uh, he was in ICU throughout the night. Um, they were, he had been sedated, obviously, because of the innovation. And uh, so last night, uh, during the night, they were actually able to remove the tube. And so he's, he's improving um, and, and Hopefully today we'll, we'll, you know, move out of the sedation that he's been in and uh, we'll be able to talk to him and, and you know, get a, get a better a view of what, what actually took place yesterday. So what's next? I mean, obviously they're going to have to gear up in full hazmat gear and go in there and try to find out what's caused this. Right. And so we obviously have people on our staff that can uh, do that. And once we're able to narrow down exactly what he was handling, uh, then we'll go in, remove that, um, sanitize and test area to make sure that it's it's clear and um, and dispose of it. Will you be changing policies on how folks handle some of the stuff in the evidence room? Uh, I mean, certainly once we figure out what uh, what actually happened. I mean, there's certain instances where had it um, you know short of being in complete hazmat gear at all times, handling that type of uh, product. Or, or, and maybe not knowingly handling that type of product, uh, if it was something that, that went uh, airborne, you know, from some sort of like puff of a bag or something like that, uh, I mean, that could have gotten into his eyes, into his mouth, that, mm. I mean, you would not have, uh, that's, that's not the normal procedure, but certainly I think once we gather all the information, if there's something that needs to be changed there, uh, we will certainly do that. You just can't take anything for granted mm-hmm. anymore. I know the the biggest fear was being stuck by a needle uh, when you were sure. like searching a suspect or something. Now you can't tell. No, it's it's uh, it's definitely a, a reality check of how fast that can happen, and and then how fast the reactions are. You know, once you're exposed uh, to that that type of substance, just what um, you know how 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 very uh, quickly things can can turn around and, and you not even have the ability to uh, to go get help or say that I need help uh, you know that that's uh, I mean that's just uh, just a gut check for sure what can you tell us about this deputy that that's still in the hospital how long he's been with the force and uh, family and all that sort of thing he's 
lifelong law enforcement, former military. Uh, he is uh, he's actually a uh, federal assigned to a federal task force. Uh, he is he's married, uh, and, uh, and his uh, you know his background is in special operations as well as narcotics and things of that nature. And so you know he this is his niche. This is what he uh, he mm-hmm. does and has done for for many many years. And uh, just a just a quality guy that, that generally goes over the top, you know, in anything that he does and, um, no different in, in, you know, the way that he does our evidence and, and the, the seriousness with what he takes that job. And, uh, so, you know, just, just so fortunate that, uh, it appears that he's going to recover completely and, and that everything's okay. As well as again, his quick thinking of, I've been exposed. I need to, uh, to treat myself the best I can mm-hmm. immediately. And I, I do think that certainly could have been the difference. And, the outcome yesterday. Well, let us know when you find out what the what the contaminant was. Sure, we'll do. Sheriff Jason Richardson, DeSoto Parish Sheriff's Department. Thank you for your time this morning, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Keel. Billy Nungesser will bring us some meat pies. <laughs> Don't know. I'm not sure. He's got a busy schedule today. He's got a yeah, quick in town with the uh, committee of 100, I think, and then he's headed back to Baton Rouge directly. But says coming back next week. Mm-hmm, coming back and, next week and has a meeting scheduled mm-hmm. with the mayor. And and he did clear up the did the mayor and he have any communication. Um, he did send the mayor an email on August 11th. And apparently the mayor let him know yesterday that that email went to his spam folder. So uh, the mayor did have contact with uh, the lieutenant governor. And, you know, they need 60 additional officers for Centaur to be able to roll on its original date of February 3rd. And the mayor's kind of put the onus on them. How it got to this point. I don't understand. Why why wasn't that communicated way you know far long before this uh yeah that's a great question that's the entire issue is security that's the that that seems to be the the entire sticking point Mm -hmm. we've got to have more security right then why wasn't this brought up and this solved way before this you know back in the spring we should have said hey we're we're working on this now look we've got two parades Mm -hmm. we've got to have more men let's get let's get on this let's work on it now and they have gotten Shreveport has gone gone and gotten some others, but um, I don't have I don't see a commitment from Bozier at this point. I'm told that that's probably not going to happen. Um, I do think they should contact Missy Setters at the Independence Bowl and find out who she uses from Dallas. Who comes? It's a security firm that comes in and does the the gate checks and some of the other things that you could use those officers, the, those security people, at the barricades. You don't need a commissioned police officer to stand at a barricade to make sure cars don't go around them or mm-hmm. people don't move the barricades. You right. can have a security guy standing there because um, you have to have somebody there. Otherwise, people are going to move the barricades and do stupid stuff. So you you um, you could use those folks in a lot of places where, where you don't have to have a police officer. So we'll see. We'll find out. Micah McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710.